All right, all right. How's this side over here doing? Woo, I like that. Thank you, Nick. Good, good, good. And this side, how's this side doing? Hey, that was even better. All right. Nick, did, did you hear that? They were a little bit louder. Oh, oh, oh. What about this side, the middle here? All right, all right, all right. You guys are ready. You guys are ready for today's message. That's fantastic. Well, I'm very excited. Believe it or not, but this is my third year initiation, I guess you could say. I've been here three years, guys. Is that not crazy? I know. I, I, I pulled one over on the pastor. Like, <laughs> you guys are stuck with me now. I mean, <laughs> it's been amazing. Time has just, like, flew by. I can't believe that rain is graduating. The Vanessa, like it, my mind just can't really wrap, can't really comprehend it, because I still think of the, everybody as being so young, and then they're driving, and they're like, oh, I'm going to work, and, you know, they're talking about prompt grad dresses and all this kind of thing, and I'm just like, what on earth is going on? Time goes so fast. And um, the one thing I've been talking to all of the youth, not just the grads, but all of the youth this year uh, the theme has been step out of your comfort zone and into what God has for you. And we've been talking about that all year. That was the theme at the retreat as well. And uh, we've had a wonderful year of these young people stepping out, as you could see by the youth band, you know. Um, Kirsten, she's gradu graduated university, and she's going to be hoping to work in the school as a teacher, you know what I mean? So there, everybody is doing so many things, and they're having to step out, and I'm very, very excited. Uh, before I forget, after service, directly after service, we are going to be taking pictures for the grads and your family, so don't forget that. Right after service, we're going to take some pictures with Pastor Mandy outside. Okay, so just to recap, everybody, so we know what, what the, the path that we're going on. I've talked to the, everybody about stepping out of your comfort zone, and there's three things that people have to do if you want to step out of your comfort zone. And the first thing I talked to the youth was to step out of your truth, and that is your way of thinking and step into his truth, right? See, it doesn't matter what you think, but it matters what God thinks, amen? And the second thing I've talked about stepping out of your comfort zone is literally step out of your comfort zone because God wants to do something special in all of us, but we can't do it if we aren't willing to step out and go where he's calling us to go. Okay, And the third thing is to step out of the way. <laughs> we are our biggest enemies sometimes because we get in the way of what God's going to do. Because we're thinking, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. But maybe I can fix it by doing this. Right? Maybe I can fix everything that's going wrong by doing this. But God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to know that the victory is through him. So that takes us to today. And uh, this is going to be kind of the theme going on for uh, next year, and it's going to be rising to the call. Now, in order to rise the call, it's kind of in the midpoint of stepping out of your comfort zone, and you're going into what God has called you. But for some of us, it's a long journey, you see? It's a long path. Sometimes God doesn't just call us directly out of one thing into another, but he asks us to go do something that's going to require faith, 
right? So this message is basically, what do we do in the meantime? We're going to take a look in Genesis chapter 39, and uh, I'm going to talk about the story of Joseph. And we're going to see what things that we can take away from it. Um, you all know the story of Joseph, right? Hands up if you've, you're familiar with the story of Joseph and the, the rainbow, uh, the color, very technicolor dream code, I guess you could call it. <laughs> right? Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. If you have not read this story, I encourage you to read it. Every single time I read it, I cry. Like every single time. It doesn't even matter. I can read it every day. And it just, uh, it's just a wonderful story of what God can do. And before we get into that, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message that you've given me. Heavenly Father, I pray that this message will go out to everybody and it won't be left void, Lord God, that your word will transform, that your word will, will bless us, Heavenly Father. I pray for the young ones, Lord God, the youth, the graduates, Lord God, that they will be encouraged, that they will be lifted up. Heavenly Father, I pray if anybody here, Lord God, has been feeling that they are, are not worthy, Lord God, that you will let them know that they are worthy, Lord God, and that you are the way for them to have their success. I pray that you bless every single heart and every single mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start in, in Genesis 39, verse 2. Now, this is right after Joseph has been sold into uh, slavery, into captivity. Okay? So Joseph was uh, a, a wonderful person. He was a child of God, and he kept having these visions. And he kept having these dreams. And uh, all his brothers, they were just like, oh, gosh, this is a dreamer. Here he goes again, telling something that God told him or gave him some vision. And, and they couldn't stand him. They were actually sick of it because he was also their father's favorite son. And uh, so they're just like, okay, we're going to get rid of this guy. So they took him, and uh, he ended up getting sold into slavery. And he was 17 years old at the time, right? So 17-year-old. And then he got taken, and he got taken out of his, his land. And um, we're going to pick up right about there. So we're just going to read Genesis 39, verse 2. So the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So the first thing that we can see is that we need to trust, okay? That's one of the first points that I want you to understand. We need to trust. And the first thing that we can see in verse 2 is that we can trust that the Lord is with you. You see, even though Joseph was sold into slavery, Joseph was not alone. God was with him every step of the way. Regardless of where you are in life or wherever life takes you, God is always going to be with you. God is always going to be with his people. See, the enemy tries to say things like, oh, nobody likes you. Nobody loves you. You're forgotten. But that's a lie because you are not abandoned. God has not forgot you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen? Sometimes you might not understand why you have to go through difficult things. But one thing you can be sure of is that God is with you. Okay? Verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. 
See, when you're a child of God, you're going to be blessed. See, the Lord's favor will follow you everywhere you go, and the world will take notice. That's the second point. The Lord is going to give you favor. You can trust that if you're a child of God, the Lord is going to give you favor. The world might like look at it and say, man, everything seems to be going right with you. How comes everything? You're so lucky. My goodness, you're lucky. This, this happened. You got this promotion. You're so lucky. When they say that, you say, no, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm not lucky. This didn't happen to me because I'm lucky. This happened because I'm a child of God and his favor follows me wherever I go. So I'm blessed. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're blessed. <laughs> That's right. All right. And the next thing, let's, let's keep going. Verse 5 here. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Jake, Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. I want to be like Joseph. Joseph was so blessed that his boss was blessed. The people around him were blessed. Everything that he touched became blessed. Don't you want to be so blessed that everything you do is blessed? That the people sitting around you are blessed? That you're walking down the street that you're blessed? That people get blessed? Don't you want to be like Joseph? I want to be like Joseph. God gave him provision. God gave him a job. And God gave him success. It was God that gave him the success. Do you understand that? It wasn't Joseph. But God gave him the favor. God gave him the blessing. And he was so into it. He was so committed to God that everybody could see it. Young people, you don't have to worry when you're a child of God. You can trust that he is with you. You can trust that he will give you favor. And you can trust that he will equip you for the road ahead. So that's the first thing, trust. We go on to the second thing, and I just, I'd say be patient. <laughs> now, a lot of the times we think patience just means waiting, but I want to share with you a couple of things that I found kind of interesting. There's three words that we use in our Bible that are frequently translated for patience. Want to hear what they are? First one is long-suffering. <laughs> The second one is endurance. And the third one is perseverance. So whenever you see those words in your, your English Bible, most likely you could, you could substitute patience in there. <laughs> so it's not just about waiting. It's about coming under. Actually, the Greek word is, I wasn't even going to say this, but it's hapomin. And it means to be under and to stay under. <laughs> That's going to come in, in important in a second. James 1, verses 2 says, and we could have that one up there. Let's want everybody to read that one. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. There's that word. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what do you think it means when it says, let patience have its perfect work. It means to stay in it. 
It means don't be in a rush to get out of it. That's the problem that our society is going through right now. If you try something you don't like it, quit it. Get rid of it. Upgrade. You might not like your job. You might not, might, might not like your school. You might not like where you're at, but wait for it. God wants to teach you something. You're not going through all of your hardships for nothing, okay? God has a purpose and a plan for you. You just need to get on the same page as him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, it might not look like it now, but God wants to establish you. Can you imagine being like Joseph, being like Joseph, taken from your family and brought to a different country? And now you're grown up and you're still not restored. Nobody's even acknowledged you. You've been, been completely cut off. Joseph had to wait 13 years before he was vindicated. See, God's timeline and ours, they're sometimes different. See, we want to see results now. I want to know now. I want to know now. We're in the instant gratification. We look at our phones and we just want stuff now. It's not even loading two seconds. We get frustrated and we're like, what a terrible app. This is, this is garbage. What a terrible phone. I need a new phone. Making me wait two seconds to, to reload. But God's timeline, he's not like that, you see. While we want things right now, God wants to work on our character. When we get upset when things don't go our way, God is looking and he's seeing the whole picture. God sometimes wants to toughen us up to increase our resistance, which brings me to the next point. You don't want to get distracted. You know that when you're waiting for something and you're waiting a long time, it's easy to get distracted, right? You lose focus of the goal because you're like, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. If any of you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Because <laughs> they're going to ask you 25 times before you get some, are we there yet? Are we, are we close yet? How much longer? <laughs> and if you think about it, we're a lot like them. <laughs> we just might not say it, but we're just like, oh, God, when are you going to bless me? When is this going to happen? When am I going to get my promotion? When am I going to meet the person I'm supposed to get married? When are you going to answer that prayer? When are you going to heal me? Glory God, when? Think about it. That's probably what we sound like. But we can't be distracted. See, a part of having patience, the long-suffering, there's going to come trials. How many of you know that we're in spiritual warfare? <laughs> the enemy's watching and he's waiting for his time to strike. Let's read in Genesis 39, verse 6 to 10 here. So, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused. So it was that she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Okay, I'm going to recap a few things that's happening. So Joseph is doing his thing. He's serving God. He's a man of God. And Joseph, just for, just for to make it easier, Joseph looks like Isaiah, okay? <laughs> now, now, that's a good-looking man right there, right? That's a good-looking guy. So I'm sure that he can easily relate with this story, you know. <laughs> it, it ain't hard for him to understand, right? But we, that's when the enemy is attacking. We got to be careful. So 1 Peter 5 verse 8 9 says, be sober. Is it up there? Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober-minded. <laughs> Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Be sober-minded. We can't consume the things of this world and be sober-minded. Sometimes we need to put the phone away. Sometimes we need to turn the TV off. Sometimes we need to just say, no, 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 no. You know why I'm feeling this anxiety? I haven't prayed today. I haven't given God the praise that he's due to his name. I've been too consumed with my life, everything that's going on, that I'm just anxious and I'm fearful and I'm sick and I'm worried. I challenge you today that whenever you're feeling any of those feelings, that you get down on your knees and pray. God will equip you, he will strengthen you, and he will help you. He will be by your side as you walk through whatever it is he gave you to walk through. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, this is a twofold statement, a conditional statement, and we see that a lot of the times in the Bible. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil. It's not resist the devil, then submit to God, right? So we've got to submit our jobs. We've got to submit our marriages, our bodies, our bank accounts, our cell phones. You see, we can't have gray areas in our life. If you want to be victorious in life, young people, put God as first and foremost in your life. Put him first and foremost. Let everything else fall second. Let's keep reading Genesis 39, verse 11. So, but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Joseph didn't even play. <laughs> he was just like, She's grabbing his jacket. He's like, get away from me. And he took off. We read it and it seems like a joke, but it's no joke. You don't want to fight with lust. You don't want to fight with temptation. To resist it, you need to be in the word. You need to run. 
My dad always told me one thing. He said, Philip, son, women and the, and the lust of women destroyed the smartest man in the world. It brought ruin to the strongest man in the world, Samson. And it brought ruin to, to David, one of the most meek men in the world. It didn't completely ruin it, thank, thank be to God, but it caused them a lot of hardship. So he said, don't you mess with lust and temptation. You run. Amen? If, if that can trip up those people, it can trip up anybody, so don't mess with it. Social media today is designed, it's designed to pull you in. They put attractive pictures in there. It's designed to keep you clicking. It's designed to draw you in. But that's the stuff we need to be running from. It starts so small, it's just a little bit. And then all of a sudden, your heart is consumed with it. You know what? Isaiah, he's probably had to do this. <laughs> Young people, if there's somebody that you know, and they want to take advantage of you and do things that, is, that God has ordained for the marriage bed, you know what you, you should do? You need to look at them right in the eye and you say, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today, Satan. And then you take off and you run. <laughs> they might think you're crazy, but <laughs> you won't be messing around with whatever they're trying to throw at you. You don't need that in your life, right? So right after this, I'm going to summarize because time is getting, is getting short. Basically, what happens right after that, Joseph's coat, he left it in her hands. And she, she took it, and she's just like, oh, gosh, I have this, this jacket. And then she said, oh, this guy's been taking advantage of me. See what this Hebrew's done? And she told a lie, and then Potiphar was mad, and he threw him into jail. And think about Joseph at that time. Think how he must have felt. Do you think he felt hurt? Do you think he might have felt abandoned, forgotten, neglected? You might think so. But God was not done with Joseph yet because he had a plan. Some of you today might be able to relate. You feel as though you've been abandoned. And if that's you today, God sees your pain, and he promises to be closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24, this says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you, once you know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have him in your life, he will stick through you, through the fire. He will walk through you, with you, through the storm. He will wake you up with a song of thanksgiving. He will give you the joy. He will give you the victory. It doesn't matter what you're going through now. This is just a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of what's going to happen in your life. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. God wants to let the world know that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We've just got to get ready. We've just got to be not, we're not complaining about the things we're going through. We need to sometimes get up and have praise in our lungs that God is using us. And I don't know where this journey is going to take me, but I know that my God liveth. I know that my God, the Redeemer, is here. I know that he comes to save the world and that he is the only way. Hallelujah. You might think you're sick of fighting. When will I get this breakthrough? You might be tired of digging in the trenches, but hold on. 
God's not done with you yet. The very thing that the enemy wanted to use to destroy you, God can make it the thing that lifts you up. When Joseph got thrown into that prison, <laughs> God was still with him then. <laughs> God was still with him in prison. The prison ward was just like, I don't know who this guy is or what he did, but I'm putting him in charge of everything. <laughs> he was just like, this guy is blessed. <laughs> and he looked at him and he could see God's giving him favor. You're in charge of everything. See, it might look like Joseph took a step backwards by going to the prison and being the head of the prison, but that's where Joseph needed to be. <laughs> that's where Joseph needed to be because later on when you read, I'm not going to read it now, you read the story. Joseph was called on to, to interpret some visions by three of the prisoners there. And he gave them their interpretation. And then he said, hey, when you go and you're talking, you know, to Pharaoh, just remember me, okay? And the guy forgot. Two years later, it says, the king was, had, Pharaoh was having a problem. And then the baker was like, hey, I remember now. Uh, two years ago, there was this guy who interpreted the dreams that I was having. Maybe we should call him. See, what you're doing right now is not in vain. What you're doing right now is necessary, okay? See, when you're trusting God, you don't need to worry about the situation you're in because God's going to use it. God's going to use it to bring victory in his name. So those are the three things I want you to understand. Put your trust in God. Exercise your patience and resist temptation. Be sober-minded. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think that works. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so you see, the last thing that I want you guys to understand is that you need to be ready. See, if I was going to play a basketball game, I couldn't wear these shoes, right? That would make no sense, right? But it's difficult. You see, when, you, when you're having patience, when you're working out having patience and being ready, it's this tension. There's this, this tension that's going on, right? And there's this constant struggle. Thank you. And you need to be ready for whatever God's going to throw at you, right? Because you don't know what God is taking you on. You don't know what God's about to do. You got to be ready at all times. Just because you're waiting for him to do something, you've got to keep on working. You got to keep on getting excited. In fact, for this next thing, the only thing left is for you all to help me by standing up. And I think it's time that we celebrate. <laughs> Amen? It's time to celebrate. <laughs> it's Grad Sunday. Today we are going to do a song, and this song is called All I Need. And uh, let's see, I think the lyrics are there. Oh, sorry. 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I'm a mover, right? I'm just like. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So you guys can sing along if you want to, but I want you guys to be clapping and to be excited. This is a wonderful time because Jesus is all we need. Amen? Yeah. All right. Let's get that music going. somebody say hi give the grad some high fives and remember we're taking pictures right now everybody you are dismissed